Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week, our podcast features three episodes of Speed Gibson. Each is about 12 minutes long. They first aired in February of 1937. Gibson of the International Secret Police. Barlow, his nephew, Speed Gibson, and Barney Dunlap, all of the International Secret Police, are flying to Hong Kong and the China Clipper with orders from headquarters to capture the criminal, the Octopus, whose powerful crime organization, like the tentacles of a giant octopus, embraces the whole world. At the moment, our three friends in disguise are halfway to their goal, having just landed at Wake Island. They have already had trouble with spies of their enemy, but do not know that the Octopus has sent a renegade aviator, Splinters, in a fast bullet plane to Wake Island to kidnap Speed Gibson so that Clint will be detracted from his purpose. Meanwhile, a weather report has warned that a typhoon is heading out of Formosan waters. The Clipper passengers have been asked to remain indoors. We find Speed, Clint, and Barney restlessly pacing back and forth in their room at the Clipper Inn. Gee, I always we didn't have to stay inside. I'd sure like to see that special two-seater plane close. Wonder who it belongs to. Yeah, I wonder too, Speed. I don't like the looks of her. What do you mean, Clint? Now, it's very unusual for any sort of plane to land at Wake Island excepting the clipper ships. It's too far out. Uh, that little plane must have terrific power. I wonder why. Maybe some guy's trying to break another record or, of some mm-hmm. sort. Maybe. I don't like the looks of it right at this time, especially on top of everything else that's happened. You mean the jewel smuggler that tried to break into our room on Honolulu and also that note from the octopus... The warned everyone at the table to lay off? Yeah, I'm uneasy whenever we're off the clipper ship. When we're on land, even in mid-ocean, the octopus has a chance to strike. I'd just like to see him start anything way out here. Oh, 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 oh. Well, well, what courage you have, Grandma. <laughs> you jumped a mile, Barney. Oh, me nerves are all shot. It's them goonie birds, I think, or those other feathered things that moaned. I wish we were in China. Well, don't worry, we soon will be. Remember your disguises now. Uh, who is there, please? Jean and Marsha. Oh, just a second. I uh, hope we didn't disturb you. Just wanted to see if you had gone down to the lobby yet. No, but we will now if you'll guarantee us your company, Miss Winfield. Oh, try and get rid of us. When I asked for your protection until I could deliver Jean to her father in Hong Kong, I really meant it, Mr. Fletcher. And you've been so kind on the trip. I don't know how I can ever repay you. Why, it's a pleasure, ma'am. 
Down in Texas, there's nothing we like to do better than protect women and children. Uh, well, if you and you are ready to leave the room and go down to the lobby, Monsieur Fletcher, I will lock the door. Oh, sure thing, Mr. Dorsey. Come along, Earl. I'm coming, Pop. There we are. I do not believe anyone can get in the room without our permission. I hope not. Your experience in Honolulu was enough for one trip. I should say so. Mr. Fletcher, all of you, I don't know just how to say this, but ever since Earl rescued Jean from drowning at Waikiki, I've felt as if you three were our only friends. I've already told you that the octopus has had a sinister influence on my life. I told you that because I trusted you and felt that all three of you are not quite what or who you appear to be. Well, I do not understand what Mademoiselle means. Oh, I'm not saying all this because of idle curiosity. I think you know that. Perhaps I'm trying to warn you. Oh, I don't know. It all sounds so silly when I try to put it into words. But that plane in the lagoon... The bullet plane? Yes. This afternoon, right after we arrived, Jean went down to the beach to look for some more shells. She found some right beside the plane. And while she was collecting them... The aviator came down, not seeing her since he entered the plane from the other side. And he put on his flying helmet, twisted some dials in front of him, and talked into a little round thing, getting some sort of mixed-up letters and numbers. Shortwave radio with earphones concealed in pockets in his flying helmet, just like the United States Navy uses for plane-to-ground communication. Oh, Mademoiselle Jean, now think. Can you recall the letters and numbers he used? Mm. No, Mr. Dorsey. But whatever station he was calling was in Hong Kong. Hong Kong? Say, what about... Oh, wait, wait. Isn't that the aviator? There at the other end of the lobby? Yes, that's him. He's watching us. Doesn't look very mysterious to me. Well, maybe we are attaching too much importance to him. Our staring has probably attracted his attention. That's what I think. Look, there's the clipper captain over there. Let's go and ask him about this typhoon we've been hearing so much about and forget that flyer. Very well. Are you coming, Earl? I'd like to stay here and look at this case of shells, rocks, and stuff that have all been taken from this island, Mr. Dorsey. Me too. All right. But be sure and not go outside. Remember the typhoon warnings. Dangerous signals, Earl. I get it, Mr. Dorsey. Don't worry. And keep an eye on Jean, will you? You bet, Miss Marcia. I wonder if that aviator's really trying to establish a new speed record between Guam and Wake. What do you mean, Earl? Monsieur Dorsey and Pop were asking about him right after we landed. Of course, you know that anybody who lands here is questioned by the authorities to find out why they landed. Because this is one of the government naval bases, and they don't want anyone around who hasn't got a good reason to be here. I don't blame them. This fellow had good credentials, all right, but that doesn't mean anything. A criminal always makes sure he's protected that way... When he's really up to something. Why, Earl, you talk just like a detective. Uh, no, I don't, Jean. But I am kind of curious, because I think that guy's way out here for something more than just a speed wreck. I wouldn't be too curious, Earl. He looks like a villain to me. A villain? You wouldn't know one if you saw him. I would, too. And you better be careful of him. Say, listen, I've got enough people telling me what to do with Pop and Monsieur Dorsey without you adding your bit. All right. Let's look at these shells and things instead of that man. I think they're lots more interesting, don't you, Earl? Huh? Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. You're not looking at them at all. I'm watching that aviator. He's coming over here. Do you think we'd better tell your father and Mr. Dorsey? No. They're busy now. And I'd like to talk to this guy. 
You go look at that map over there or something, will you, Jean? No, I want to hear what you're going to ask him. But, Jean... Is it another mystery? No, it isn't another mystery. Oh, hang around if you want. But let me do the talking. Sure. Hello, kids. Oh, uh, hello. Hello. Saw you two coming off the clever and was kind of interested in knowing how you liked the trip. Oh, it was swell. Like flying, huh? Yeah, I I do some of it myself. You do? How old are you, kid? Fifteen. And I'm twelve. Imagine that. Kids your age flying over thousands of miles of water. What will you be doing when you get as old as me? What are you doing? Why, oh, I'm trying to establish a new speed record between Guam and Wake Island. Bet you could. We saw your plane during our landing. Looks plenty fast. Would you like to see it close? Oh, we couldn't do that. There's a typhoon heading this way. Oh, we have time before that strikes. You can help me check a mooring. You'd better stay here, little girl. But your friend in here and me will go to see to it and be back as quick as a wink. That's a good idea. You wait here, Jean. But, Earl, remember what Mr. Dorsey... I know, I know. If they should notice I'm gone, don't say where. I'll tell them all about it when I get back. But supposing you don't get back? Well, what's going to stop me? Come along, young fellow. If you want to take a look before the typhoon strikes... Come on. Earl, don't go. Please don't go, please. So, you see, Mr. Fletcher, according to our calculations, Wake Island will not feel the full force of the typhoon. It will pass southwest of us. But for safety's sake, I want all my passengers to remain here in the hotel. Good, that's fine. When do we eat, Captain? <coughs> will the clipper be delayed in the takeoff for Guam, uh, Monsieur Le Capitaine? Oh, I don't think so, Mr. Dorsey. We're in constant communication with Guam, and they say that the typhoon will be surely safely passed by the time we're ready to leave Wake. Well, I guess I'd better be getting back to Jean. She's still over there by that case of rocks and shells. But I don't see your son around anywhere, Mr. Fletcher. Oh, he can't be far off. Let's mosey on over there. Uh, thanks a lot for the information, Captain. Yes, indeed. You're entirely welcome. Uh, Monsieur Fletcher, the aviator is also missing. Uh, What? I certainly hope that we will find Earl somewhere about. Oh, Jean will know where he is. Jean, honey! Oh, Marcia, I'm so glad you've come. I'm getting sort of worried. Worried? Why? Earl went outside with that aviator that you were talking about. Outside? Why? What did he tell you? Why, Mr. Dorsey, you're not French anymore. Never mind that, Jean. Why did he go after we told him not to? The aviator wanted to show him the plane. That he could help him move it better, too. Oh, well, what's wrong? Come on, let's get out there. Uh, we're not too late. Oh, I don't understand, but if Earl's in trouble, shouldn't we ask for help? No, we can't, not yet. Quick, let's get out the door before anyone tries to stop us. Miss Winfield, you wait here with Jean. Hold everything. I'm going to open the door. Oh, if I could only do something to help you. I told Earl not to go. <laughs> Watch yourself, Bonnie. Everything that isn't fastened down is, is apt to go up in the air. Help me shut this door. Uh, uh, can you... Can you see anything of speed? No, I can't even see the plane in this wind. Well, come on. we got to go down for war. Here, link arms with me. We'll have to fight this wind every inch if we expect to get down there. Lean against her. Speed! Speed! That saved your breath. You couldn't hear us in this wind. Clint, look! That column of water racing toward us. The typhoon whirlwind. Down on your stomach, Barney. Down flat. It's our only chance.
the International Secret Police. Ceiling zero. Ceiling zero. Ceiling zero. Ceiling zero. Reed Gibson, his uncle, Clint Barlow, and Barney Dunlap have twice foiled the attempts of spies of the dangerous criminal, the Octopus, to halt their coming to Hong Kong, China, where he has centered his smuggling activities. The Octopus has only begun to fight the three members of the International Secret Police, and knowing that they are traveling in disguise and are coming to China aboard the China Clipper, dispatches a renegade aviator known as Splinters to await the Clipper at Wake Island and kidnap Speed. In the last episode, you remember, the aviator managed to get speed alone under the pretext of showing him his special bullet plane. The rising wind bespoke the typhoon which the Clipper weather stations forecast, and Clint and Barney discover speed's disappearance and go out to look for him. The heart of the typhoon, a huge column of water, passes southwest of Wake Island, and the boys are forced to the ground by the terrific wind. But at last, with the worst of it over, we find them buffeted and gasping for breath. Wow, that was a close call. I never want to be any closer to a typhoon than we was. Uh, forget about us. We've got to find speed. I can't see anything until I get some of this dirt out of my eyes. I think I got half a wake island in there. Come on, hurry up. The octopus has sent one of his thugs to kidnap speed. I'll hunt him down if I have to tear Asia apart. Take it easy, Clint. Don't let it get you. That's just what the octopus wants. He thinks by kidnapping Speed, he'll throw you off the track and you'll hunt for the kid instead of him. Yeah, come on, Bonnie. Let's go down. I want to get my hands on that aviator. The plane's still there. Clint, you don't think that rat would take off in a typhoon? No, I'm not thinking until I know. You'll be able to see if the plane's there. Seems we get around the corner of the hotel. Why did the kid ever leave the hotel in the first place? He knew that pilot was under suspicion. Yeah, he may have had some idea in the back of his head of learning what he was really up to. Why the dickens did I ever allow him to join the secret police? Why didn't I have sense enough to stand by my first decision? Too late to talk about that now. Clint. Clint, the plane's still there. Still got its canvas covering on. Yes. Well, have your gun ready, Barney. We're not taking any chances with this fellow. You're darn tootin' we're not. He's moving around under the canvas. Let's run for the plane. And stay on the windward side. And keep well down until we get the lay of the land. Okay, buddy. <laughs> Easy now. Easy. I'm going to rip back the canvas. You you cover me with your gun, Barney. Right. You all set? Yep. Let her rip. Hey! Suffering wang doodle speed. <laughs> Barney! Gee, you scared me when you ripped that canvas back like that. We scared you? And what do you think you've been doing to us? We tried to walk through a typhoon to look for you. That's all. It's just a typhoon. Gee, I'm sorry, Barney. I thought I was helping you guys out. Look. Look. The mystery pilot. And he's out cold as a cucumber. Uh-huh. I gave him an uppercut. You gave him a... Gee, what is this? Clint and me are supposed to be working on this case, too. And you're getting results single-handed. I only did what I thought was right. Well, for one thing, you disobeyed orders, Steve. Yeah, Clint, but... Now, no excuses. You disobeyed orders and ran a risk that might have upset all our plans. Had this man succeeded in kidnapping you, the octopus would have held all the winning cars. Now, how could I continue pursuing him with your life in danger? I... I never thought of that, Clint. But I really wasn't in any danger. This guy didn't think I knew much, I guess, because he told me to get in the plane to look at the controls closer. 
And he started to climb in, but gave a quick look around first. That's when I hit him. You sure gave him a good one, kid. He's sleeping as peaceful as a baby. I didn't want to have any trouble with him while I was trying out this short wave set of his. Isn't it a pet? Now, wait. You keep that helmet off and come with me, Speed. Take out the prisoner, Barney. We'll carry him back to the hotel. As a prisoner, Clint? Yes, the mask's off. From now on, we're traveling not as the Fletchers and Pierre Dorsey, but as members of the International Secret Police. The octopus has shown only too clearly that he knows us for what we are. But our disguises, Clint. And you and Barney can forget them. But I'll still use most of mine, in looks only. Now, the fact that the octopus doesn't know how I really look may save our necks someday. What about passports? Uh, Chief Riley saw to that. I have three that will replace the ones we use under our assumed names. I'll have to do a lot of explaining to the Clipper officials, but our credentials will establish our identities. We'll have no trouble. I hope not. We have enough octopus trouble without anything else added to it. What about this plane and short wave set, Clint? We'll cover it up again until we have time enough to fully investigate the job. I believe that short wave set may be one of the things that'll unlock the secret of the octopus. I sure hope so. Hey, look. This plane's got a radio telegraph as well as a short wave phone. This guy's equipped for everything. Mm, a radio telegraph, huh? Mm. That means he's been picking up all the clipper calls, too. Knowing their frequencies, he could listen to all their movements. Well, that's how he knew when we were to arrive at Wake Island. And whether we were going to lay over or not because of the typhoon. Do you think so, Clint? Mm, it's a guess, but I think it's pretty good. You know, the weather reports to the clipper ships not only come from all the stopovers, but from ships at sea to the south and north, and then from other clipper planes, too. See, this man should have notes on these weather reports, and perhaps other data that might lead us to the octopus. Gee, let's search him here. Oh, and have the wind blow all the papers around, in case there are any? No, be silly. Well, then let's go back to the inn as soon as possible and give this guy the works. That is, if we can bring him around after that clip speed gave him. He's coming around already, Clint. Yeah, so I see. Well, that's good. Now we won't have to carry him back to the inn. Good is right. I'm getting more of a workout on this job than I ever got on anything else. It's worth it, though, Barney. Anything's worth it that'll lead us to the octopus. For me? Yes, Quan Wu. I have just received word from Wake Island. From the aviator Splinters? No, from our other operator there. Splinters has been arrested. Arrested? By whom? Need you ask? Clint Barlow. Splinters, the clumsy fool, forgot that Speed Gibson has been trained by his uncle for the secret police. He attempted to kidnap him by the crudest of methods. Result? Speed knocked him out. But it is an outrage. Shut. Things cannot happen to the members of the octopus band. Such things have happened and are happening, but they will happen no more. Ever since our persistent police left their headquarters in New York, I have attempted to turn them from their purpose, warn them by subtle methods. I will no longer attempt this. From now on, I will strike at them directly, if I must meet them face to face. You would not do that, Master. No one has ever seen your face except me. Correction, Kwan Wu. No one but you has ever seen my face and known me to be the octopus. True. But this Clint Barlow, he is clever. Your paths have crossed before. Perhaps he would recognize you. Perhaps his uncanny intuition would warn him of your identity, of danger. <laughs> I am not afraid of Barlow, Kwan Wu. I respect his talents, but I do not fear them. Yes, Master. And what is your next move to be? 
Splinters, the aviator, is new in our organization. I do not believe that he has learned the value of silence. You think he will talk? Yes. He and my bullet plane must be uh, removed before they tell any of my secrets to Barlow and to Speed Gibson. And how is this to be accomplished? That is up to my operator on Wake Island. I shall give the order to go ahead now over the shortwave radio. For very probably Barlow is questioning splinters at this very minute. Uh, sit over here, Speed. I want you to be in on this questioning. Okay, Clint. Where's Barney? He's guarding the plane. Has one of the company men with him. You expect the octopus has more spies on Wake Island than this one here? I don't know, but I'm not taking any chances. Now then, let's see what our prisoner has to say. What's your name? Splinters. Splinters, huh? It's rather a new alias, isn't it? I come when I hear it. That's all a name's good for anyhow. Well, I don't blame you for wanting to forget your other name, Ted Bailey. Well, how did you know? How are you talking about? I remember a notice I once saw in the United States Naval Office. You were wanted for desertion. Navy. And that's how he came to use that special flying helmet with earphone pockets. The United States Navy helmet. Yes, Speed. Bailey deserted and took one of the planes with him. They found the plane later, cracked up, but the missing pilot was never located. Until now. All right, all right. Suppose I am Bailey. What are you going to do with me? Send you back to America to face desertion charges and also attempted kidnapping. You can't prove that kidnapping business. Speed's testimony will prove plenty, Splinters. Let me remind you that nothing, nothing that awaits you in America will compare to the fate you'd suffer if the octopus can ever lay hands on you again. Yeah, that's right. Hey, I don't know nothing about this octopus. You know plenty, Splinters, and I want you to talk. Because the crimes you may have done in the past won't compare with the crime you will commit by not giving evidence against the octopus. He's not only an enemy of the United States, but an enemy of the whole world. I have an idea that you've seen samples of his terrorism. I, I, I have nothing to say. Where's the hangar you flew from? Where's your base of operations in Hong Kong? I don't know what you're talking about. Why were you going to take me, Splinters? Nowhere. I was just showing you the plane. Oh, the story you tell of trying to break the speed record between Guam and Wake Islands is full of holes. You haven't been able to prove a thing. I've made inquiries. Guam never heard of you. Neither has Manila. Oh, come clean, Splinters. Don't have a false sense of loyalty to a man who won't turn a hand to help you if you're taken by the police. It ain't loyalty. It's, it's it... fear. Fear, isn't it? Fear of what the octopus will do if you fail. You knew a typhoon was coming up when you attempted to kidnap Speed, and yet you dare fly into her, rather than face the revenge of the octopus if you fail to accomplish what he ordered you to do. Yeah, Barlow, that's it. He said he'd torture me. I'd rather die in my plane, clean and quick, than go back to him and be tortured to death. Then lead us to him, Spinders. Help us in our fight against the worst criminal ring of the 20th century, and return to the United States to face the music, knowing that you've done your bit to end crime. Yeah, you're right. I'll tell. I'll tell. He's... Oh, look out! Someone broke the window! He's come after me. He told me he'd get me, no matter where I was. Help me! Help me!
Johnson of the International Secret Police. Ceiling zero. Ceiling zero. Ceiling zero. you know, Clint Barlow, ace operator of the International Secret Police, his nephew, Speed Gibson, and Barney Dunlap, his right-hand man, are flying to Hong Kong on the China Clipper to track down the notorious criminal, the Octopus. Speed is the youngest member of the Secret Police and so far has certainly lived up to his oath to stamp out crime, for he has been directly responsible for the arrest of three of the Octopus aides, his last prisoner being Splinters, the renegade aviator in the criminal's pay, who flew to Wake Island in an attempt to kidnap Speed. However, Speed suspected him and knocked the man out. Clint, realizing that their disguises have not fooled their enemy, now throws all pretense aside, commandeers the bullet plane, leaving Barney to guard it, and takes Splinters to their hotel room for questioning. Just as the aviator is about to reveal the octopus headquarters, a window glass is shattered, and Speed and Clint leap to the window, but all is inky blackness outside. Can you see anything, Clint? No, not a thing, Speed. Be careful now. Don't cut yourself on that glass. What broke the window, anyhow? A bullet? I don't think so, no. Look here on the floor. A rock with a paper tied to it. Another octopus gesture, I imagine. Splinters. Clint, he's gone. He was sitting right in that chair, and now he's gone. Oh, what a chump I was to have been fooled by that window trick. Hey, quick, open the door. We may still be in time to save him. Not a sign of him anywhere, Clint. The hall's deserted. Uh, well... The octopus outsmarted us that time. But Splinters couldn't just disappear in thin air, Clint. That's just what he's done, Speed. And whoever got him did it quickly and quietly. Must have come in the door while we were looking out the window. Grabbed Splinters before he could let us know what was happening and get him out without a sound. But it all happened in less than a minute. Yeah, that's the way the octopus works. We'll never see Splinters again, Speed. He'll make sure he'll never get another chance to tell what he knows. Poor guy. In spite of what he was and what he tried to do to me... I feel kind of sorry for him. So do I. He was probably a victim of environment. Had the wrong start in life. Fell in with the wrong sort of company. Oh, if kids could only see in time where such a road leads. If they just realized the true meaning of the saying, crime does not pay. Yeah. Say, let's see what that paper tied to the rock says. Oh, I've forgotten all about that for the moment. Uh, you untie it, Speed. Okay. Clint, it's from the octopus, all right. Look, that mark of his. An ugly, sprawling octopus. Yeah, what does it say? It says, I can end your careers as easily as I have silent splinters forever. That's all. Oh, he's bluffing. If he could have ended our careers so easily, he would have done so. But he doesn't trust the job to his agent, whoever he is. Clint, if he could take splinters away right under our noses, what about Barney down at the plane? There were two of us here just now. And they get away with splinters. You're right, Speed. Come on, let's get down to that plane.
Fletcher. Miss Winfield? Yes. Do you mind if Jean and I visit with you for a few minutes? I should say not. But it's kind of late for you to be out, isn't it? Yes, but we couldn't even think of sleeping after all that excitement. The typhoon and speed almost being kidnapped. And you all arresting that man who flew this plane? Yeah, can't blame you for not being able to sleep after all that, Jean. So you're really not Mr. Fletcher at all? No, that was just a disguise. I knew it all the time. Oh, you can't know how glad I am to know that you're all of the international secret police, Mr. Uh, Dunlap. Uh, Barney Dunlap. But just call me Barney. And Earl is Speed, and Mr. Dorsey is... Clint Barlow. He's the best man in the secret police. And you're all on the trail of the octopus. That's the general idea. Fate must have had a hand in this. I need your help so desperately in my fight against that criminal and his band. Wait. Someone's coming. Oh, why, it's Speed and Clint. Wonder why they're down here. They were questioning the aviator, weren't they? Yeah. Maybe they got all they wanted out of him. Hi, Clint. Speed. Hi, Barney. You all right? Of course I'm all right. What makes you think any different? Oh, Miss Winfield and Jean, you better go back to the hotel. It uh, isn't safe being out in the night. What do you mean, not safe? With a secret policeman to protect him? Now, Barney, Splinters has disappeared. Huh? But you was with him. Yeah, we were with him. But somebody threw a rock through our room window. And while we were trying to see who did it, Splinters disappeared. You let that old trick fool you, huh? Mm, Yes, I made the mistake of thinking that we had the only octopus operator on Wake Island in our room. Oh, he's terrible. His power is everywhere. That's why we came down here to see if the plane was all right, Barney. And that's why I also advise you to return to the hotel, Miss Winfield. But, Mr. Barlow, first, now that I know who you really are, I must tell you something. Something about my interest in the octopus. Oh, very well. Oh, Speed, uh, you stay by the plane with Jean. Barney and I will go over here with Miss Winfield. Okay, Clint. I'm going to see if I can get anything on this short wave set. Can I listen to you, Speed? Yeah, as soon as I raise anything. Why are we going over here? Well, I'm not taking any chances. I haven't fully investigated the plane yet. I... I don't know what it conceals. Perhaps a microphone which would carry whatever we say right into the den of the octopus. Oh, I'm afraid. Oh, none to be afraid of, Miss Winfield. Not with us along. Oh, thank you, Barney. But my fear isn't for myself, it's for Jean. I can't rest until she's safe with her father in Hong Kong. Uh, what is Mr. Kingsley's profession? He's a physician, but he's so close to the Chinese and so well-liked that he dabbles in the diplomatic service, too. Uh-huh. I remember you telling us that before, before our interests were so involved. And before you told us that uh, you were seeking the octopus. Yes. You see, my brother came to China three years ago. He was an engineer, was going to work with an oil company which had planned surveys in Tibet. Mm, Yes. At first, his letters were full of enthusiasm about his work. And then something else crept in. Nothing he actually wrote, but something that I could read between the lines. About his work? No, about someone he had met. Someone very influential. I kept asking about his engineering work, how plans were progressing and so forth, but he seemed to evade it. His letters became more scarce, and and then... Then I received the last one. Yes, go on. He spoke very plainly. Evidently, he wrote it in terrible fear of something. He said that if I never should hear from him again, it was because of the octopus, a criminal who had gotten him so under his power that... He could not escape without disgracing me in our name. Oh, I was desperate. I wrote begging him to seek aid from the police, anything to save himself. But I never heard from him again. And now you're going to Hong Kong to look for him, huh? Yes. I must learn what has happened to him. 
This uncertainty is terrible. But how do you know where to look, Miss Marcia? But he gave me directions in his letter. Uh, what's that? Directions? Yes. He said that the headquarters of the octopus smuggling activities were in Hong Kong and drew a map of the streets leading to it. Half of that map is blurred as if water had made the ink run. Where's the map? I have it in my hotel room, hidden safely. Uh, will you give it to us, Miss uh, Marcia? I mean, a copy of it. Yes, of course. Uh, let's get it right now, then. I'd like to study it, and then cable Chief Riley what we've learned. You've given us the first workable clue to the whereabouts of the octopus. Clint, Barney, come here, quick. What's up, kid? He's got something on the radio. Uh, let's get over there, then. He may really have something important. That short wave set has a wavelength that can not only pick up the usual amateur and ship signals, but ultra-high frequency as well. Listen, Clint. Here, I'll take your phones off and tune it up so y'all can hear it. Suffering wang doodles. What have you stirred up, Speed? I know. I just just opened it up to where it was set and this noise started. Listen, listen now. Calling Clint Barlow, Barney Dunlap, Speed Gibson. It's us. Pipe down. I am the octopus. When you land in China, you will find my tentacles everywhere. I guarantee you absolute failure. Turn back while there is yet time. Oh, Marshal. Oh, hush, hush, darling. This warning includes Marsha Winfield. And this is my last warning. Here are my orders. Take this plane out on the lagoon. Set it afire. Hands off. Barlow. That goes for the plane and everything else. Don't let him get away. If we can just locate his transmitter, we've got him. I can't, Barney. He didn't give any call letters. We haven't got a thing to go on. Oh, we can't get away from the octopus. He seems to be everywhere. He knows everything we're doing. Yes, that's what I can't figure out. How did the octopus know we were down here at his plane to get that broadcast? Say, that's right. He came on the air right after I started fooling with that set. Well, uh, uh, maybe we'd better burn the plane like he said, huh? Burn it? <laughs> Say, we've got him worried, Barney. Otherwise, he wouldn't be giving us all those warnings. That isn't his way. All right. So we've got him worried. Now what? Now, you're going to fly this bullet plane to Hong Kong. Me fly that? Yes. We're going to need a plane like this. Fast. Plenty of gasoline capacity. We'll fill her up tonight, and you take off when the clipper does at dawn. Suffering Wangdoodles, 
The octopus, the enemy of all mankind, is on the loose again. It's up to 15-year-old Speed Gibson to track him down and capture this supervillain. Speed's uncle, Clint Barlow, made Speed a member of the International Secret Police. Now Speed and his crew on board the, their plane, the Flying Clipper, search for the octopus through Africa and the Orient to save the Earth. Speed and Barlow would use the best of modern technology, including this newfangled thing called a shortwave radio, to track down the octopus. If you like your corn covered with cheese, then this is the corniest, cheesiest series you can find. For those who still want to belong to the International Secret Police, give a listen to Speed Gibson. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.